Thank you to the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra. Welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of women in music. I'm your host, Olivia Adams, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Emily Hingstra. She is speaking to us about the Association of Canadian Women Composers, which is the only professional organization of women composers and musicians in Canada. Since its beginning in 1981, ACWC has supported a number of projects that advocate and celebrate music composed by women in Canada. It supports educational activities which promote the history of music by women in Canada and maintains an archive of over 120 years of materials related to the music of Canadian and other women composers. It's a not-for-profit organization run by a volunteer board. They've received funding from Canada Council for the Arts and the Silcan Foundation to develop and maintain the website and partner with organizations and performers in order to present concerts and events promoting music of their members. They're affiliated with and supported by the Canadian Women Composers Foundation. The ACWC is also a reciprocal member of the International Alliance of Women in Music. And I'm so excited to have Emily here with me today to talk all about ACWC, the mission and the work that they do in Canada. Welcome, Emily. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on, Olivia. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. My pleasure. When we first started talking about getting this podcast off the ground, the ACWC was, you know, an organization that I really, really wanted to feature in the first season because I think I can't be a podcast talking about women in music based out of Canada if, I, if I'm if i not talking with you guys. So I'm really thrilled that we're able to make this happen. <laughs> so I wondered if we could begin our conversation by talking about what is this organization and the work that you do within it? Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that was a pretty great description that you started off with with us with just our motto and um, why the organization exists. Um, we are the only professional, the only association for Canadian women composers and for musicians as well. Um, that is women only, um, which is, I think, is something really important. I know we're going to get into the history a bit, but it's been something for me that's been really fascinating as I've been learning more about the organization. Just the the climate that. Um, and so the organization was founded about 40 years ago. Yeah. And um, just to understand the reasons for that community, the fact that it was for the only organization for women composers, um, because they weren't allowed to join the CMC, they weren't allowed to join other organizations, um, or it was really, really difficult for them. And so uh, I think it's a really great organization that's here to support women and to build community and to advocate for some really amazing new music by Canadian women composers. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that I actually did not know that that it was started because it was so difficult to get into the CMC. Of course, that makes sense. And of course we saw change happen, but I didn't, I didn't realize that that was one of the instigators for, for starting this important organization. So that's, that is really neat. Um, so like you said, it began in the 1980s. It has really evolved from a small organization. I mean, this is like pre everyone having internet, um, <laughs> free computers <laughs> where it was like, you know, they're meeting in a library or something in, or people's homes. And it's evolved from a small organization that was, I want to say primarily based out of Toronto area to a really wonderful, vibrant, uh, platform across the country. You've got journals and resources. I wonder if you could outline a little bit of that evolution for us and how has it changed even in the last couple of years? Because really the the climate in music is shifting pretty dramatically sort of as we come out of this post-COVID and and a lot of focus is on Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how we can enact that as Canadians. And I'm, I'm wondering, is, is that something that you're having conversations about at the ACWC? Yeah, so um, maybe to back up a little bit. So I had the privilege of being a host for um, two panels that were put on as part of the uh, 
40th anniversary. And so for me, um, I didn't really know a, lot, a whole lot about the organization before then. And to be able to, I got to meet with um, all of the panelists beforehand and talk to them and speak with them. And, and then to be a part of the panel as well, to help moderate that was really uh, wonderful and feels like such a gift to be able to have that time with them and understand. Because I, I think as someone, I'm 31 and I've never really known a time where women composers have been not celebrated and encouraged or just part of the norm. And so to hear their stories about the difficulty and the struggle and even just being recognized at school and um, in these other prestigious organizations to hear that struggle and the pushback. And so that's why that they formed this organization. And so a lot of it was, you know, the old school before, before cell phones and internet and all of those technologies that we have now, it was meeting in homes and in libraries and putting on concerts for each other's music so that you could have these recordings, so that you could have these, mm -hmm. um, or not even just recordings, just have these performances yeah. of your music. And so, and I think a big thing at the time, um, my understanding is that the journal, which we do, we have seasonal journal that we come out with, and that that was a really important feature of um, the beginning for the ACWC. Just, it was a way of communicating, right? This is even before email, gosh, right? Mm -hmm. um, so being able to have that written record and um, be able to network and to be able to mail out these journals and communicate and share with one another what, what advances and what unique creative processes are going on was a really valuable resource. And obviously that's changed a lot over, over the last 40 years. And, and I would say even in the last while as well. So what ACWC, um, as far as internally goes even, is we have um, a sound box that we release monthly, which has correlated lists of all of the performances that are going on by Canadian women composers, by, um, by members of the organization, which is really amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. And there's also another section where there are links to different recordings that have previously happened, and then also composition opportunities um, that would be external outside the organization. So just having that resource has been really, I know for myself, really valuable as a way, as a beginning step of networking and seeing what other women are working on in the field. As you mentioned, there's a lot of the uh, the composers initially as well. We had some, we have a, a strong community of composers who work in educational fields who are writing music for their own students, um, which I think at the time this was something else is that that was really looked down upon as being yeah. not as important or as prestigious. And I, I think that attitude has impacted, I would say, my generation. And mm. um, I think that attitude is shifting now because we see the importance and the emphasis on new music. And if you don't expose children to the wealth of new music, then they're not going to appreciate it or treasure it or care for it, or even if they don't even like it, but to understand why it's there in that history, I think there was a, a disconnect. And that's one thing I think that the ACWC was really pushing for and advocating for all throughout its history, which has been really exciting and encouraging. So yeah, we have a really strong community of music educators and composers within that field. And so we are really excited that we have been building these educational initiatives. So we have catalogs and databases that you can reach out to. Anyone can reach out to your teachers as well if you're looking for new music outside of the traditional syllabuses we have catalogs of, of music that you are able to go and find from the composers themselves which is really exciting we also have a lot of funds and grant and funding opportunities that we have been doing as well um, putting on concerts has been a really important part of the ACWC history and right. so we have a concert fund um, we also have an initiative fund for composers that are putting on um, their own projects and helping either other composers or working in unique fields so I graciously before I was on the board, I um, I was the recipient of one of the initiative funds to put on a concert and an album 
album for new music that also featured Canadian women composers. So there's some really great programs that, that, that they're um, advocating for. And then we also have one, which I think is also really important and special is it's called the Roberta Stevens Award. And this is actually open to non-members as well, but it is an award that goes to Canadian women composers that are 35 and above for either more training or for projects that they're putting on or ways that they want to grow and expand their craft. And that I think is so special and important because yeah. a lot of times the push is always for, oh, the new, for emerging composers. And it's like, well, what do you do with all of those composers that still want to grow? And really at the end of the day, we should all want to grow in our craft. And if you think yeah. you've achieved where you should be, then you probably aren't making great music. <laughs> We should always be pushing to grow. And so that's an award that I think is really special. And just being more part of the organization, I've had the privilege of working with some of these recipients and it's been really exciting. That's wonderful. And I love that actually when I was was doing some research for this podcast and I was looking into the different initiatives and, and awards that you guys have, I really appreciated that there was something for continuing education or for 35 and above because I mean, what if somebody is 50 and has decided that they are a composer and they wanted to start, you know, putting out some of their music or they wanted to start composition lessons or they, you know, needed help training in Sibelius or things like that. Why should it be limited to <laughs> just the, the emerging artists, right? I loved that there was something that was specifically to, to continue your craft. And I, I don't think that 35 is that well, I'm not too far no. off. So I don't think that that's that old <laughs> at all. <laughs> Sort of continuing on that uh, trend, what's the membership demographic? Is it all composers or are there musicians and artists as well? And are they all in sort of the classical music vein or does it sort of cross industry? Yeah, so I think that's the thing that's been really wonderful and, and unique is that we do have a very diverse demographic between composers and educators. I would say there is a, primarily would be within a contemporary classical music field, but we do have composers from uh, many different backgrounds that are exploring various avenues. I know we've had a, a real increase recently in film composers joining us, which has been really exciting. Theater, even theater and, and dance and opera backgrounds. We have a significant portion of members who are working as educators or an academic. And we also have a lot of students as well, which is really exciting. So it makes for a yeah, really vibrant community. So is it fair to say that like the ACWC is not just limited to composers, but anyone sort of working in the field of women in music is welcome to, to join? Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. Okay, that's great. Because you are such a big organization across Canada, I mean, Canada is geographically quite large. <laughs> it's not quite as easy to connect, you know, physically and in person. Obviously, there's lots of events that you do online. Even before COVID, I, I believe that you, you also did a lot of events online. But because it's such a big organization, I'm curious, do you do things, do you have specific chapters that are related to provinces that make it easy to connect different members within the province? Or is it, are you more on the virtual end of sort of across Canada? Yeah, so I'd say it's a little bit of both. And something that we are, um, that was one of the things as, as my role with the organization, but I'm excited that we are working on those ways of building community even further. So just historically, we have had different chapters because we've had more of a Vancouver base and then we've had more kind of the Toronto, Southwestern Ontario, and then and East Coast are kind of the three main areas, obviously with an increased membership and just the ease 
and facility that we have with technology. That's one of the things that our hope is that we will be continuing to build. And we've been um, even on our website. So we have a listing and we have composers listed by region and by province. And so that was kind of the first step. And then the goal and the hope is that we can start to build these communities and not necessarily that they are self-sufficient, but that the hope is that you bring people together and then that sparks new things as well. So it's neat to see how we've had different, there's different flavors even from um, composers from the West Coast versus Southwestern Ontario to East Coast and just how the music is influenced by that and the kind of concerts that go on as well. So our job right now is kind of oversee that, encourage that and offer support and promotion and finances if that possibility within the funding and um, concert fund. Yeah, that's an area that we're excited to be expanding further in the future. That's great. That's really great. And I wanted to kind of go back to something that you had touched on earlier, and that is some of the initiatives that you run, like your educational catalogs. We have a lot of music teachers that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I would We haven't done a survey, but I want to say that probably the majority from the feedback that I've been receiving are <laughs> music teachers. So I wonder, can you tell us more about the educational catalogs that you have going on and the databases and that sort of new initiative? Yeah, absolutely. I had the wonderful privilege of interviewing uh, her name is Stella Terhart. She's one of our main voices in, in, in promoting this, this educational catalog. Uh, she was also a juror for many, many years and a teacher. And she's just a wonderful human being. The way we've broken down this catalog is by instrument and then also by level, which is the other obviously really important thing when yes. you're looking for new music <laughs> and to have it leveled appropriately for the age group. So that's been something that we've been, I think we've worked on guidelines to help um, composers understand how they might um, level their music to make sure that it is ability appropriate. And yeah, so the catalogs, I believe they're available online. Yeah, um, they're and we have a choral one as well. Fantastic. Yeah, so it's just go onto our website, acwc.ca, and it's all there. And it will either have, I think, a link to the piece or it'll have a link for the composer as well. And then you can reach out to them in that way. But we, I think especially because we have all these composers that are also teachers, I think that even finding that for myself, because I have a violin studio, and you have that inside edge and that inside knowledge. And I think if you can apply those skills for for writing and you can write these pieces that are so student specific, which is such a wonderful gift. And it really is a shame that we don't have the access until now. And I feel like sometimes it can be overwhelming as a teacher because there can be so much new music and um, you already have the set program. And so how do you know and trying it all out? But I think that's where the catalog comes into place. And that's why we're so excited about it because we want to put it into the hands of teachers that, that we have all this music that we'd love to share with your students. Absolutely. And the thing I really liked about the the catalog, like when I was writing my syllabus, the Loud and Clear book, and I actually did go to the ACWC catalog to see, Kate, who am I missing in, in my list of composers and educational music? And I love that there are descriptions about how each piece sounds and sort of what elements belong in there. Because I think often that's so missing in syllabi and, you know, sort of educational collections is, hey, the, the title sounds cute, but is this going to be a good fit for little Susie or, or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can sort of read some of the descriptors and see, okay, actually, I think that this might suit such and such a student. I think that that's so helpful. And because you did it digitally and you weren't limited to the printed page and sort of the cost of longer, you know, having longer printings and things like that, that that is a real helpful resource for music teachers and for choral instructors. Well, and the other thing too, is it's a digital document. It's a living document. So we are constantly adding to it, which is the other really exciting thing. So I would encourage those who, those and educators out there who are listening to check it, you know, I would say like monthly, but come back to it. You know, 
in a year from now and then another year from that because there will be new music on there and I think having that catalog I know it's something even as a composer when I was in school it's almost you're shied away from writing educational music because it's not as I don't know big or flashy and the irony is I mean you write a symphony orchestra piece or a piece for symphony orchestra and okay you might, great you might get one recording great if you're lucky whether it's like you can be writing music that can be performed by tens of hundreds of maybe even thousands of kids yeah. who might remember it as their piece this was the coolest piece that I got to play from this point in time um, and yeah. so I feel like I think there's there's been a um, maybe a disconnect and a loss there which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about the catalog um, and that it's been something that has kind of come out in recent years as well yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more because how else are how else are kids supposed to know? Right? <laughs> We're talking about demographics and and women writing music and historically, you know, if we go through piano literature textbooks or or things like that, like women are not mentioned in the I mean, they are in sort of sort of the newer textbooks that are coming out in the newer curriculum, but they're not mentioned in the historical historical collections. And so to have these collections for young kids and and they're growing up and we're normalizing playing music by composers from all over the world and from all different demographics and all different genders. And it really shows them like, hey, you belong in music. No matter how you identify, you you belong here. And I think that that's really important. <laughs> I'm As a teacher, I'm just a huge advocate for educational music. And I love that ACWC has that those descriptors for mm -hmm. the different levels and sort of what qualifies each piece, because I think that that's so important. I often get composers reaching out to me asking like how do you decide who who gets to be in your in your book and you know how you how you're going to level that music and I think it's really helpful for composers to have that tool at their disposal so if they want to write educational music they can sort of do it within some of those guidelines that are really helpful mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I'm so glad that that's been an encouraging resource for you as well that's a fantastic resource I just love it so if we have some budding composers listening I wonder if you could outline some of the criteria for being involved with the ACW it is a professional organization, but like we've just been talking about, the educational side is so important. And you said that students are a large part of your membership as well. I wonder if you could talk more to the person that might be considering getting involved. Yeah, I would say absolutely come be involved, come be a member in our organization. It was something even when I started out, so I think I joined in 2012 when I was in school because Carol Ann Weaver, who was the uh, um, the chair um, at the time, yeah. um, she was putting on concerts at Conrad Grable um, in Waterloo. And um, it was like, oh, if you become a member, we can program your piece that you're writing. And so I think there, there are also, I should mention, there are, it's still been, sometimes we're feeling the ripple still from COVID, but we usually have, at least once a year, we have some kind of concert that's put on by the association. I think last year it was at the CMC in Toronto and it was a concert of, I think it was for chamber music of some kind and you could submit applications to write for it. But um, we usually have a concert at least once a year of new music, which has been really exciting that either you can submit pieces for or you can be writing for the specific ensemble. Um, but I used it primarily as a tool, honestly, for the first time <laughs> six years that I was a member, I would use the soundbox as a way of checking for um, composer opportunities and seeing what other people were up to. And I was very, very much not involved. But I think like most things, if you if you show a, a, a desire and a willingness to be involved and to learn about other people and their experiences, it's such a rich way of growing as a, as a musician and just as a human being in general. But that's kind of how it started for me. And it's been um, such a wealth of knowledge of being able to, especially because a lot of these older women, I mean, they've been around for a long time and they, and they might not be around for that much longer. And so being able to speak with them and see their music and yeah, just understand, I think, the, the community and what's going on and being able to reach out and speak with others. That's 
that is something we're actually hoping to be able to work on some programs where we have mentorship within the community as well, which is really exciting. So I'd say unlike the other organizations, like maybe CMC, where you do to be, um, I think it's an affiliate composer, you do have to prove that you have some kind of substantial standing as a composer. We welcome anyone who's a student or learning or interested about the new music community, which I think is really great and is a is a real strength for the organization. Absolutely. Because I mean, even like being a musician, COVID aside, can often be an isolating activity when you're working as a soloist or you're working as an individual composer and you're not able to sort of connect with some of the demographics that you're composing for. Or I know for me, like I spend a lot of time here in my office, right? Practicing and, and writing writing and teaching and all of that. And because we don't have co-workers in the traditional sense, it can feel very lonely. So I think that highlighting some of these organizations that do offer mentorships and connection opportunities is so important as musicians so that we're not, you know, we don't feel quite as alone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, you had touched on about is it the sound box. Is that mm-hmm. using the right term? And that's sort of released with the journal. But I was wondering, can you talk more about the journal publication? Because I know that you don't normally, you don't, you know, send them out via mail as much anymore. I think it's, is it all digital? Am I correct? Yes, it's all digital. It's all digital. Yeah, but it's a really wonderful resource. So it's basically, um, we have Fiona is our our journal editor. She does an amazing job. So basically it's just, it's stories and thoughts and from all different members and from from their backgrounds and what they're working on. We like to highlight a lot of the concerts that have been going on, things that people have been working on, all of our fund winners or award winners into a write-up when they finish their project about about their experience. Yeah, so it's a really rich, rich tool that we have. And it, again, is a way to, to be able to write and to share with, with everyone. So so that one comes out, I believe it's twice a year we have our, the journal comes out and then the soundbox is just a much more condensed email format that comes out once a month. Nice. And you also do playlists. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. There are like monthly playlists. That's what I've seen <laughs> sort of coming out through the ACWC. Could you talk more about that? Is it mostly composers that are in the organization or is it sort of across across the globe. Yeah. So that actually started part of our 40th anniversary year. We had, um, again, that coincided with COVID a little, unfortunately, yeah. but in some ways, in some ways that was a, a blessing because it meant that we ended up extending our 40th anniversary season to about, I think it ended up being almost two years. <laughs> um, and the playlists were one of the things that I, because obviously there were some of the concerts that had to be postponed and canceled, but mm-hmm. the playlist was something that we could do. And so Amanda Lowry, our treasurer, she basically put them, put them together, which is, it was really wonderful resource. And so it is all from composers who are members of the organization. And so it was basically, I think initially there were the 12, 12 months of playlists and um, they were curated by Amanda. And now the playlists act more on, on a monthly basis of whoever has had new music just released or recordings. Um, so it's a way of really getting the freshest, the hottest take possible of new music. So that's something that I'm, I'm really proud of. And I'm so thankful that that was something that we could carry on from our 40th year, because I think it has been a really, a really rich resource that we've been really excited to share going forward to. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I'll be sure to link all of those, you know, different things that we've talked about, including the playlist into our show notes so that people can can follow them and have a listen. And I think I agree with you. It's such a rich resource. And, you know, especially if you're not able to get to a premiere, because who can get to the premieres mm-hmm. of, you know, all of the wonderful yeah. composers that we have going on in Canada. So having that playlist of what has released that month, I think is such an awesome resource. That's just fantastic. So what does the ACWC have coming up in their future? And what can we look forward to coming out of the organization? Yeah, so I think we've had a lot of changes, probably in the last few years, and some fresh faces 
voices in the in the board, which has been really exciting. Julia, our new chair, has been absolutely wonderful and a big champion for a lot of a lot of really the new initiatives that have been really wonderful. Our new website, one of them, it's absolutely beautiful and, and stunning. So we just recently finished up a partnership with the Vancouver Art Gallery, which was really exciting for a concert that was going on there of new music of members. And so we are really excited to be moving forward with new partnerships coming up in the future as well and community building. We have new initiatives. I think our concert fund is coming up. We are just about to announce our new initiative winner for 2023, which is really exciting as well. Yeah, and we have lots of new concerts that we're excited to share share with the music community. That's wonderful. And the journal, just so people know, is available for anybody to read on the website. Yeah, yeah, it's on the website and you can go back. Gosh, I think I, I'm not actually sure how far back we've been digitized, but yeah. yeah so um, <laughs> yeah, so you can go back, back and back and back. I think that might even be something why we've had, we've had quite a few members from academia come in who've been doing research as well. I think using those, I was talking with, oh, I forget who now, but someone who had the box of all the archives from all the meeting minutes as well, oh, going wow. back to the beginning. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. So there is that wealth of history. So I would say even for educators or for those in school doing research who want to know more about the organization or just have a, a really visceral experience for what it was like writing music back even 40 years ago. That, yeah, the ACWC is a great resource for that. And those journals definitely are that as well. So yeah, we're really fortunate to have yeah, just the wealth of, of knowledge um, yeah. that we get to carry on. Yeah. And, and to see like, Hey, what, what was it that they were discussing 40 years ago when yeah. this organization first started and what were those yeah. barriers? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What a, what a gift to have all of those, those records. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to chat with you. Um, I want to wrap up our chat with a few rapid fire questions. These are questions <laughs> I've asked every interviewee on this season's podcast. No wrong answers. Just, just go with your gut and uh, we'll have some fun. <laughs> Sounds good. Can you point to a moment when you knew you wanted to be a musician? Uh, I was playing uh, the Ravel String Quartet in high school. It was pretty great. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a tough piece to play in high school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Favorite piece or song to perform? Uh, Bach. Currently? Always Bach. Always, always Bach. It will always be Bach. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been given bad career advice? And what was it? Ah, um, I think follow your heart because it mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of depth. And I think yeah. being a musician does take a lot of effort and work and you have to, I think, want it in more ways than just following your heart. Yeah, it takes some some grit, some determination yes. <laughs> <laughs> to survive as a, I guess, a, as a career musician, for sure. <laughs> What's the best music or career advice that you could pass on to other musicians? Oh, I think take a business class. I wish I had taken a business class. I feel That's like really great. I, I want to take one now. I, yeah, I'm seriously considering if I should take one. <laughs> <laughs> but take a business class. Yeah. Learn some or have, or have business or accountant friends. So you can talk Absolutely. to <laughs> Yeah, Most certainly. Uh, what are you listening to right now? Oh, I listen to a lot of um, indie folk on the, on the regular. And I love, there's this new artist I found called Candace Coker and she has this band called her album called Baron Bones that I love. Absolutely love. Yeah. It's on repeat. Amazing. I'm going to go listen to that after I also <laughs> an indie folk musician. I don't listen to a lot of classical music ever unless I'm going to a live concert. <laughs> Cause I'm just, I'm playing it every day. I'm teaching it. I'm, you know, it's, it's in the air that I breathe. So, and I'm mm-hmm. on my downtime. I'm, I'm with you. I, I am not listening to school music. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on loud and clear. Uh, do you mind letting our audience know where to find out more about the ACWC and sort of what, if there are links on social and I'll have all of that linked in the show notes as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. We're all the Association of Canadian Women Composers. And then we also have our website, which has a lot of really great information. It has composer bios. It has, as we talked about, wealth of knowledge in yeah. our journals and journal archives. Also have information about our concert funds, about our new initiative fund, the Roberta Stevens Award, any of the other awards that are going on. Uh, the news and events always highlight what's going on and all the exciting things. And then, yeah, so our website, acwc.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming on, Emily. This was great. Thanks for talking with me. My pleasure. Thanks again. Thank you to the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you head over to saskatoonsymphony.org to purchase tickets for upcoming shows. And if you don't live in the Saskatoon area, you can watch these shows via concert stream by following the link at the top of the website. I'm your host, Olivia Adams. This is Loud and Clear, and you can find me at OA Music Studios on socials. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.